Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. People don't remember Philip Van Doren Stern. He was a Civil War historian. He authored over 40 historical works. But as is so common in serendipitous life, his most famous work was a little story that became the movie It's a Wonderful Life. It's the story of George Bailey of Bedford Falls. Everybody loved him. He had a big heart. He was selfless, giving. He always dreamed of leaving home and going places. Going places, though, never happened. One tragedy after another, one setback after another, kept him landlocked married to the land and the town of Bedford Falls. His story is one of delayed hopes, deferred dreams. And as we know in the Bible, deferred hopes make the heart sick. It's in a low moment in the story that George wishes he had never been born. And heaven permitted George to see the world as it would be without him. He sees what life in Bedford Falls would be had he never lived. He runs through the town in this fictitious story. No one knows him. He doesn't know the town. His friends don't know him. The love of his life did not know him. His own mother didn't know him. What made the world so dark and different was that George had never lived. The title of the story that became a movie is toward the very end of it all. When an angel tells him, George, you really did live a wonderful life life. George stayed in Bedford Falls, and in so doing, he made it the place that it became. I'm reminded of a Bible character that God said these words to, stay in the land. You may be experiencing troubled times, but let me give you some hope in this phase of your life. Stay in the land. God told Isaac to stay in the land. The Jews had a saying about Isaac, what happened to his father Abraham happened to him. Abraham had to leave his birthplace. So did Isaac. Abraham's wife came from Mesopotamia. Likewise, Isaac. Abraham almost lost his wife. So too, Isaac. The Philistines were envious of Abraham. They were envious of Isaac. Abraham remained childless for very long. Likewise, Isaac. Abraham had one righteous son, one wicked son. So too did Isaac. And finally, Abraham was tested, as was Isaac. It just seems that to that point, Isaac's life was a replica, a lesser copy of his father's life. Until the day of famine came to Canaan, Abraham had the famine and he went to Egypt. Isaac experienced the famine and it looked like Isaac would also go to Egypt. But God speaks to Isaac and says, no, don't go. Stay in the land. Don't follow your father's footsteps in Egypt. Stay right where you are. And it was here that God broke the pattern between father and son. And God shows us today there are no set formulas in the life of faith. Sure, doctrines can be taught, teachings can be taught, but a life of faith is caught. We must get it for ourselves. God has no grandchildren. He only has children, sons and daughters of faith. You can't borrow from a previous generation's experience and faith bank. You've got to get it for yourself. You can't borrow 
faith. So when God told Isaac to stay in the land, he invited Isaac to know God for himself. It was an invitation to a wonderful life. God wanted Isaac to look beyond his earthly father and to catch a glimpse of his heavenly father and to claim his place in the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Isaac heard from God. There was a famine in the land. Isaac started to repeat what his dad had done. He started to pack up and go to Egypt. But God said, wait a minute, stop right here. Stay here. Where is here? Here is in the midst of famine. Here is in the midst of troubled times. Here is in the midst of Philistines and a fierce adversary. Here is an unfriendly environment. Here is where there are memories of failure. Here is where others tried and failed. But God said, stay in the land. I'm convinced the best place to be is where God wants you to be. Where did God tell Isaac to stop? In a place called Gerar. It was a place where his father had struggled. God says, stay here. I will bless you here. God seems to say, I'm going to call the possible what men call impossible. I shall call fruitful what others call barren. I will call alive what others call dead. We forget this about God. We forget that he doesn't wait for the perfect person. He doesn't wait for the perfect building. He doesn't wait for the perfect time. He takes imperfect things and he works his plan. God does his best when things look the worst. He's the root out of dry ground. He gives songs in the night. He walks on the water in the midst of the storm. He rolls stones away. He rises when all hope seems objectively gone. Our outward circumstances do not limit God. Our inabilities don't limit God. The famine that you and I are facing does not affect Jehovah Jireh. God is going to see us through, stay in the land. The best place to be is where God wants you to be. Do you remember the story of Naomi and Ahimelech? They ran away from Bethlehem, the house of bread, in time of famine. And over in Moab, she lost her husband. She lost her two sons. Don't run from your famine. Stay in the land. The Bible says there is coming a day when there will be a great famine, not for food and water, but for hearing the word of God. Many people are getting frightened. Many people will stop hearing the word. Remember this. Don't run from the famine. This is a sure word. Face the famine in faith. Stay here. I will bless you. That's the word of God to Isaac. That takes some time, though. Takes time for seeds to sprout. Takes time for fruit to appear. Wait for it. Wait for it. Stay in the lamb. You may be one of those fact-based individuals. A two plus two four way of thinking dominates your life. Yet facts don't always add up to the truth. You can tell me how dry it is. That's a fact. You can tell me how cold or how hot it is. It's a fact. You can tell me the length and the width and the height of something. Those are facts. You can tell me how long it's been since something has changed. You can tell me how hard the ground is and how poor the soil is. These are all facts. But now for the truth. If God says stay in the land, 
He's saying that I will be with you. And I am the one who made everything you see. Simple truth trumps all facts. For where God is, the unseen becomes seen. And his presence, quite literally, changes everything. He can create all things new. God met Amos in a field. He met David in a forgotten pasture. He met Moses in a desert. He met an Ethiopian in a wilderness in a chariot. He finds Job in a trial. He meets the three Hebrew children in a fiery furnace. He met Daniel in a lion's den, Peter in a prison. Regardless of where you are, he can meet you there. But why, Pastor? Because God is not into our comfort. He's not into our contentment. He's more interested in our development than in our deliverance. So the famines come to prove what is in our heart. What should we do when we're struggling, when life gets rough, when the going gets tough? Here's the word, stay in the land. That's what God told Isaac. I don't know what that means to you. Is it your job situation, your home, your residence, your career a relationship? I don't know. But I sense God bidding me to tell you to stay in the land. Isaac agreed to do that. He stayed in the land. But then Isaac makes this leap of faith. You don't find God telling Isaac this. He just did it. Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. It was simply a leap of faith on his part. God, if you tell me to stay here, okay, God, then you're going to bless me here. And Isaac learned how to sow in desperate times. He heard a word from God. He had a nail in a sure place, and he acted on that word. He obeyed. This is interesting. This is why the Jews say that Isaac's name was never changed. His father's name was changed from Abram to Abraham. Son's name was changed from Jacob to Israel. But Isaac's name was not changed. Why? Because the Jews say he passed the test. God tested him. He sowed in desperate times. He had faith in the famine. He stayed in the land. Do you know how much faith that took? To walk out in the morning carrying seed and to ignore the dry parched ground, to walk by faith and not by sight. It's what God calls us to do. How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to reach the harvest? Stay in the land. So in desperate times, put tomorrow's promise in today's dry, parched ground. Plant some dreams. Sink some roots. Trust in God. He's the Lord of the harvest, even during famine. He can bless you when things look bad. Just keep sowing. Sow in tears, reap in joy, be obedient to what God is telling you to do. Isaac sowed in that lamb. Faith is doing the best of things in the worst of times. Faith is reaching for the gold when your heart feels like lead. Faith is shutting your ears to doubt and closing your eyes to impossibilities. Faith is finding God in the midst of famine. Let's hear it from Moses. I want to be used when I was 40, but God wanted to use me when I'm 80. And that's okay with me. Let's hear from Peter. Lord, I failed you miserably, but I'm going to preach anyway on the day of Pentecost. Say it, Mary. Say it. You found me with seven devils, but you delivered me. And I'm going to tell others about you. I will apply myself again. I will reach out to someone. I will help someone else. 
I will not lose sight of the fact that God is good, and I will hold to his word, and I will sow in desperate times. I will sow in the midst of famine. The Bible says if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. Sow bountifully, reap bountifully. But listen to Genesis 26. Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Yes, he sowed in that land, that dry, parched, drought-stricken land, that if I stay in the land, Lord, and if I sow in faith, then I'm going to reap a hundredfold. I'm going to reap in the same year a hundredfold. I'm going to reap in the same year that God told me to stay in the land. I'm going to reap in the same year that I determined I was going to obey his voice. I will reap in the same year when I sowed on parched ground. Where did the water come from? Some believe that this is the setting for Isaac digging again the wells of his father. Why go somewhere else? There's a fountain nearby that will never run dry. Isaac overcame resistance. He refused to be discouraged. He refused to be drawn into petty disagreement. You could say it like this. Isaac's life came into being by a word from God. He was the fruit born to unlikely parents. He must have thought, God, if you could bring me into this world by a promise, then you're going to sustain me by your word. Oh, that we could trust God. I believe God's speaking to someone right now. God's talking to you. He's giving you an invitation to a wonderful life. Stay in the land. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.